Hello everyone and welcome to the very first episode of Black in Science. I'm your host, Jasmine Giles, and today's episode will essentially be an introduction to both me and the podcast itself, as well as a brief summarization on my goals for this podcast. So without further ado, and let's get it started. So Black and Science is an interview-style podcast where I'll be bringing on Black men and women who are in the science field, and I'll be interviewing them so they can share their stories, their experiences, and their background in science. So to start for today's episode, I actually decided to do an introduction podcast where you guys will hear about my story. So like I said before, my name is Jasmine, and I was born and raised in a small town in southern New Jersey called Glassboro. And when I say born and raised, I mean I literally lived there for the first 18 years of my life. And so did a lot of other people I grew up with. So basically, the people who were there in first grade were there in second and third and fourth and all throughout high school. So I decided, essentially, when I was a freshman, that I wanted to get the hell out of that town and go as far as my parents would let me go for college. And I wasn't necessarily sure on what path I wanted to pursue, so both my parents are actually in the sciences. My mom is a clinical research nurse and she works in oncology, and my dad is a lab tech. So I had an idea that I was interested in science, but I wasn't sure if that idea was because of the influences around me or an actual interest. So when I was in high school, I basically did a process of elimination of the subjects that were available to me, so I did not like history. I did not like English. Um, I wasn't interested in Spanish or music or gym or, um, yeah, anything else really except science. And I knew I did not like physics and I did not like chemistry. So all that was left in the end was bio. So my senior year, I decided to take AP bio, which is actually a really good experience, mostly due to the fact that there were only five of us in the class. And we were all women and we were all seniors and we all knew each other already. So that helped a lot. And it was a very personalized experience because of such this, like the small class setting. And those four girls um, already knew what they wanted to do for a career and what they wanted to major in in college. I was the only one who was undecided. We had two who wanted to be pharmacists, um, one who wanted to be a vet, and the other who wanted to be a nurse and the ironic thing is that's what all four of them are doing right now so the careers they picked out in high school are the ones they pursued and are working in currently which I think is pretty awesome and like I said I was undecided but I was considering a career as a vet mostly because um I'm obsessed with horses I started riding horses when I was 12 and it continued to grow from there. So I figured the job that made most sense was combining my interest in science with my love of horses. So veterinary medicine it was, but I wasn't necessarily um, as gung-ho about it as I should have been. I'm the kind of person who has to be really interested in something to be motivated and I 
was interested, but not enough to the point where I was like, oh my god, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. So, um, I was still, you know, willing to pursue it uh, out of a sense of obligation because of my interest in horses and also because, you know, some of the influences are, were around me and it just made the most sense. So, I uh, actually, on a random note as well, since I did not like high school very much, I had the college I wanted to go to picked out by the time I was a sophomore. So I chose the University of Vermont for a few reasons that in hindsight were not good enough to, you know, pick for a college. But it all worked out because it ended up being the right place for me to go. So, um... One of the main reasons was because I had this weird, irrational fear of tornadoes and I legit have no idea where the hell it came from, but it was there and it was apparent. So um, at one point I looked it up and Vermont had the least amount of tornadoes out of the country. And um, I preferred cold weather, so I was only really looking at schools that were up north or, you know, around the closer to the Canadian border. Well, you know what, I will rephrase that. I thought I preferred cold weather, and then Vermont told me that was not the case. But um, another reason was that it was about an eight-hour drive from my hometown, so I felt far enough away where I was away, and I couldn't necessarily be accessed uh, very easily. But it also wasn't too far to the point where I couldn't get home in a somewhat reasonable amount of time. Because I was also considering Michigan State, and Michigan State was a 24-hour drive, and I was like, mm, alright, that's even a bit of a stretch for me. So yeah, UVM was it, and it was good because I had a tangible goal to work towards. Ah, UVM. So I very much enjoyed my four years there. I felt very comfortable, which is ironic because Vermont is the whitest state in the country. Like When you looked at the University of Vermont's uh, ethnic breakdown in their demographics, black people were the 2% other. That's how few of us were up there. <laughs> and as someone who's from a very diverse town, it was a major culture shock going from uh, a hometown where I swear there was someone from every single country on the planet living there to that was a hard transition. But one of the reasons I felt so comfortable was because of the people. So despite the lack of diversity, the people there were very accepting. They are very loving. It's um, the stereotype of UVM and uh, Vermonters being hippies is somewhat true, in my opinion. And I mean that as a compliment. Like They're very much peace, love, and acceptance. So despite uh, being one of very few black people there, I still felt comfortable and accepted which was important to me because I was going to be spending the next four years of my life there and it was the first time I was going to be independent and on my own. So I wanted to be able to um, feel good about the place I chose. Not to say that there were no racists there. I mean, racism is everywhere. We all know that. It's unavoidable, unfortunately. And I did experience a few racist incidences, but the good definitely outweighed the bad and that's what matters most in my opinion. 
So I entered UVM as a biological science major, and that's what I ended up, gra- the degree I ended up graduating with, which was good. But uh, my pursuit of veterinary medicine did not last very long, that is for sure. I think after my first semester, I was like, yeah, no, this is not for me. And it was partly because I was not motivated. I didn't want it enough, and I know if I want something, I will do whatever it takes to get it. And this was not one of those things. So, um, it was a struggle for me for a while because I'm, I've always been the person who's had a plan and a goal and I didn't have either of those things and that was the first time that that had happened for me. So I was, um, basically going through the motions. Like, you know, I took what classes I needed to, I did my homework, I got my grades and I was basically on autopilot and I was, um, enjoying my time in college for sure. And it wasn't until, uh, I think about the end of my sophomore year, the beginning of junior year, that I started to get um, more of a sense of the direction I wanted to go in. So uh, I had a friend who introduced me to this course that was taking place at the UVM's emergency department. So UVM has a medical center and they have a medical school and they have an emergency department that's attached to the hospital. And there's a research course that they were offering out of the emergency department, which is kind of unique. It was um, a program that was one of the very first of its kind. So there were definitely a few kinks that they were working out during my time in the course. But overall, I'd say it was a good experience. So the course itself basically um, centered around uh, these clinical trials. So there were a few PIs at the hospital who had clinical studies that they were trying to enroll patients for. I think there was about seven or eight total during my time there, and they were um, different types of studies. So you had one that was on congestive heart failure, one that was on sepsis, another that was on asthma, Um, there was one for a mild concussion, and there was one for TBI, and then there was a trauma study. And our role as student research associates and research associates, the research associates basically had more seniority, um, was to screen patients who came into the emergency department and see if any of them qualified for the clinical studies that were being offered. And if they did, our job was to uh, consent them if they chose to participate and enroll them. So it was it was definitely an interesting experience. So we had four-hour shifts that were twice a week, and there was usually a student research associate who was, um, it was their first time taking the course, because you could take the course again and again for multiple semesters to gain more and more experience. So there were student research associates, and then there were research associates who basically, they had taken the course more than once. And um, the students basically did most of the screening, and then if they found a patient in the ED who might qualify, then it was the job of the research associate to take the student along with them and then attempt to enroll them. And uh, like I said, the theory of the course itself was great, but the execution, there were some flaws. Um, So there were some students who attempted to enroll patients who actually didn't qualify. Uh, There were some interactions that were not positive for the patients and for the research associates. There's some trouble with physicians, like it was, um, there were some hiccups along the way. 
And thankfully, the program itself has made a lot of headway since then. They've brought in some new leadership whose main focus is the success of the program, and they've streamlined a lot of their processes, so it's running a lot better now. They were able to work out all the kinks as the program continued, so they've very, very much improved on the experience for the students who are participating in it, which I think is amazing. Because, the again, the idea itself was brilliant and it's a good way to get a lot of hands-on experience working with patients and physicians and in the lab. So I think it's, again, a great, great concept. So I'm, f- I'm glad they finally were able to uh, turn it into the amazing thing that it is. But anyway... So I ended up taking the course for three semesters, which honestly, I don't know how I lasted that long because um, the clinical setting was not for me. So my favorite study out of all of them was the trauma study, which basically looked at um, trauma-induced coagulopathies. So we would get blood samples from these patients every two hours for a certain number of days, and we would look at their oxidative reductive potential to see if there was a correlation between those levels and problems with their blood clotting after severe damage. So basically when we were on our shift, we would get a pager, and every time the pager would go off, it was because there was an incoming trauma. And our job was to... um, walk into the patient's room and hand one of the healthcare workers a syringe and they would draw the blood for us and we would take it back to the lab and process it. And the processing was not um, very detailed at all. If I remember correctly, it was just like some centrifuging and separating the plasma from the serum and the platelets. Like I, I honestly don't remember that much off the top of my head but all I know was I loved doing that I hated the patient interaction I hated (laughs) having to talk to doctors and other medical staff but I loved getting that blood sample and just working with that (laughs) and that's how I found out what I wanted to do so I was like oh my god lab work is for me this is it this is my shit like I got it which is why I don't know how I lasted as long as I did in that class. And it was it was awkward because you basically had all of these medical professionals surrounding this patient who is undergoing, um, you know, a horrible experience that put them in the position they're in due to this trauma. They're in excruciating pain and you're... <laughs> literally in there like holding the syringe out trying to get some blood and then it doesn't even benefit them you know potentially might in the long run but at the time like it's not for the it's not for patient care it's literally for research so it was always I was always uncomfortable asking for that blood sample but it was a necessary evil it was part of the study it was something you had to do so it was interesting and like we for the trauma study itself you didn't need immediate consent because it's you know it's a trauma and the first priority is patient care so it was you had to obtain consent within 24 hours so I always lucked out I hated (laughs) I hated obtaining or I hated giving informed consent it was just like again I said I did not like interacting with patients at all it made me so uncomfortable it was so awkward I was I'm just not built for it I'm not meant for it so I would always get the first blood draw and then you know leave the informed consent to whoever was on the next shift or the shift after that like I made sure I didn't have to do it very often 
which was like fine for most of the research associates because the majority of them wanted to be in the healthcare field. So they had no qualms whatsoever talking to these patients and interacting with them. So they, they got to do the part they liked and I got to do the part I liked and it worked out. And for the most part, I think in the times I did, the patients I ended up consenting usually were agreeable. Like it wasn't like I had a bad experience with it. It was just something I did not want to do. <laughs> so I tried to avoid it. But yeah, overall, I definitely am glad I did it. And it was definitely something that was out of my comfort zone. And I'm so happy I chose to do it because... It was a worthwhile experience and it taught me something about myself, which was good. And, uh, you know, it helped me narrow my focus and find the direction I wanted to pursue. So I knew that I loved, you know, working in the lab and I was, I've always been interested in research. So I'm like, all right, let's look into academia instead of the clinical side. So at the beginning of my senior year, I emailed a bunch of different PIs at the School of Medicine at UVM and luckily one of them got back to me. And um, I emailed them to see if I could volunteer in their lab so I can get more bench experience and I can help them with whatever they needed to. I was essentially free labor and you paid me <laughs> with knowledge. So uh, like I said, one of the PIs got back to me. His name is Dr. Bud. And Dr. Bud uh, basically had an immunology lab. And he looked at, he did a lot of T-cell work and uh his major focuses were in Lyme disease and arthritis and autoimmunity. So I volunteered in his lab for about a year and it was the best year I had at UVM. That was the most fun I had. I loved it. I was like, this is, this is my shit, guys. This is what I want to do. And during my time there, I basically worked with and was trained by Dr. Bud's grad student. His name was Michael. Michael was the nicest person you'll ever meet. He's incredibly intelligent. He taught me so much, especially since I essentially had no background whatsoever in immunology or anything like that. So um, yeah, it was great. He taught me to Western blot. That was the one thing I did for a year and I loved it. I was like, I'm going to master this. Like, I'm gonna be the best freaking Western blotter you're gonna find because uh, I'm actually passionate about this. And yeah, I learned a, I learned a lot. It was good. Like, I by the time I was finished my senior year, I was like, give me any Western blot. I, I can do it. I feel confident doing it. And we, um, he showed me from start to finish Western blotting. So Dr. Bud's lab did some mouse work. And uh, we would basically sacrifice these mice to collect the lymph nodes in the spleen. And we were able to get these uh, CD8 T cells from them. And that's what I would usually run the Western blots on. So yeah, I learned how to euthanize, dissect, <laughs> which was traumatizing in the beginning. Oh my goodness. I it was it was heavy. I think I almost passed out the first time. I had to excuse myself and go to the bathroom because I felt like I was gonna faint. It was really embarrassing, but uh, still definitely worth it. And finding lymph nodes in a mouse is way harder than I thought it would be, but Michael helped guide me along the way, so it was as enjoyable an experience as it could have been. So yeah, like I said, I. Um, volunteered in Dr. Bud's lab for a year and then 
uh, in March, I actually got a job offer to work in an um, immunology research lab at the University of Pennsylvania School of Medicine. And my boss who hired me, she was the PI and her name was Dr. Han. And Dr. Han's main focus was uh, essentially HIV, SIV, which is the simian immunodeficiency virus. It's essentially the non-human primate version of HIV. And she also did um, some malaria work. So her main focus was uh, infectious diseases. And I unfortunately did not give myself a lot of time off after I graduated. So I graduated in May of 2017 and I started my job in the beginning of June. So it was, <laughs> in hindsight, it was probably not the best decision because I went immediately from school to work. But I mean, bills had to be paid, so you gotta do what you gotta do. But during my time in Dr. Han's lab, I learned so much, it was insane. So Dr. Han was a, a PI who always challenged her employees. She had very high expectations for us and we were expected to meet them and for the most part everyone did and a lot got accomplished because of her high standards so I will always thank her for that because she definitely pushes you which is um, how you grow honestly. So during my time there, oh my gosh, I worked with some of the most intelligent people I've ever met. I loved all of my coworkers. They were the smartest people on the planet. Um, a lot of their memories were insane. They could just retain so much information and then regurgitate it accurately. So um, it was definitely impressive and they all each and every one of them taught me so much and I to this day I would thank them if I could because um I wouldn't have left the person I did if it wasn't because of them so definitely um enjoyed my time there grew a lot learned picked up a lot of skills and I was there for about two and a half years after I graduated. So yeah, essentially June of 2017 to the end of October of 2019. And I ultimately left because I just felt like it was time to move on. I wanted to explore different areas of research in a different environment in a different location. So um, I received a job offer from a PI named Dr. Webster and she's my current boss. It's the job I currently have right now. And ironically, she does research in melanoma. So I tried to stay away from cancer research, mostly because it's the area that my mom works in. And I wanted to make sure that my interest in cancer biology was my own and not due to her, a strong influence that she provided uh, unintentionally. It was just, you know comes with the territory so I wanted to stay out of cancer and I definitely wanted to stay out of melanoma and the job I done took was melanoma cancer research so that was funny and it's ironic because my boss at one point collaborated with my mom's bosses on a paper so I was like well we're all intertwined at this point but yes anyway I took that job in November of 2019 and it's been a little over a year and I absolutely love it my boss is extremely intelligent. She's one of the hardest workers I ever met. She um, 
is a newer PI. So she was just starting her lab when I got hired. I was her second hire. I have one other coworker and it's just the three of us. And my one coworker and I were both biomedical research assistants to my boss, who's the PI. And I was really interested in uh, the process of how a lab starts. So I wanted to see the development of a lab from the beginning to its end, I guess. Well, not necessarily its end, but you know, its current state. So I wanted to get very involved in that process. And I knew with just um, two of us working for Dr. Webster that we would have um, a lot more responsibilities, which I thought I was ready to take on. And I'm very glad I decided to do so because I've learned so much in the past year. I've made a lot of mistakes, but you know, there's also been a lot of wins as well. So I'm proud of myself for taking that leap of faith and uh, exploring an area I didn't know much about and was didn't necessarily want to know much about. But I, again, I'm so happy I did and I'm very happy where I am right now. So, yeah. I actually plan on recording an episode in the future that details my time in each of the three labs that I worked in and uh, talks more about their area of focus and their research background and stuff like that. So, yes, moving on. <laughs> So as far as my future plans go um, pertaining to my career, I've finally decided to pursue a master's in immunology. So this upcoming fall, I plan on applying to a bunch of schools who have that program. And I chose immunology as opposed to cancer biology because immunology has stuck with me throughout my exploration of different areas of cell biology essentially and it's was my first love and I always keep coming back to it so I think that is the validation I need to take it further so that's uh, I would say my short-term goal as far as my long-term goals I'm still uncertain I depending on how my master's goes I might decide to pursue a PhD either in immunology or cancer cell biology depending on whether or not I actually like an immunology's master program so we'll see it's kind of undecided at this point but I'm learning to accept that that is okay <laughs> I want to make the right decision this time as far as my direction because my experience in undergrad and that uncertainty and that regret especially when it came to my major because on a side note Biological sciences is a very broad major and you cover a lot of topics that I had absolutely no interest in. And UVM offers a molecular and cell biology major, which is way more up my alley, but of course I didn't realize that's what I wanted to do until way too late in my undergraduate career. So I really don't want to go through that again. So now I finally feel like I'm sure and I've made the correct decision, so I'm excited for that. Um, as far as pursuing a career or a specific direction after I finish my master's, I think I want to get more involved in immunotherapy. So it basically combines my newly found obsession for cancer biology with my old love of immunology. So that's the plan so far. Now, do I want to stay in academia? I'm pretty open-minded. So I feel like I'm somewhat biased in that aspect because I've all only worked in academia and it's um, comfortable and I like it a lot but I would not be opposed to um, 
looking further into pharmaceuticals and seeing what that experience is like. I'm like I keep saying I'm very open to whatever comes my way, which I think is a good thing. It allows for some flexibility and it allows me to try new things out and see if I like it. And if I don't, then academia it is. That's old faithful. So that's you know, helpful to consider. So my experiences thus far as a black scientist have overall been positive. I have next to no complaints so far. I'm lucky enough to say that uh, the people that I've worked with have been kind and respectful and caring and open-minded and have focused more of what I brought on what I brought to the table as opposed to the color of my skin. So I'm blessed enough to be able to say that. Um, that doesn't negate the discomfort that is always there and is always apparent as a black person in a room full of non-black people, especially white people. That has been my experience basically everywhere I've been. Uh, thankfully at Penn, there is a lot more diversity there, uh, especially in the lab I was in. Um, but of course there was... I was in my lab, I was the only black person at the time. Now my boss was able to collaborate with other PIs and we worked really closely with other labs and there I would find one or two more black people but for the most part um, our lab itself I was the only one. So that was hard and there were other people of color, there were a lot of Asians which is pretty common in academia, especially in the sciences, but there's very few black and brown uh, individuals represented, which of course, like that in and of itself is frustrating, but that is the lay of the land right now. And I hope that changes the sooner the better. I, I'm pretty sure it will. But as of right now, we just, I got to do what we got to do. And that's the way things are. And that's a uh, part of the reason why I wanted to do this podcast. So to go somewhat off topic, um, at my current job, I do a lot of tissue culture, which means I have a lot of time to listen to music and to other podcasts. And I was lucky enough to find a podcast called Young Black Equestrians. And shout out to Ariana Johnson and Caitlin Gooch for creating uh, my one of my favorite things ever. And just finding that podcast was so impactful for me because I finally found a community and a community of people who looked like me and were interested in one of the things that's most important in my life and that meant so much and as soon as I found that podcast I was like oh my gosh well there if there's a black equestrians podcast there's got to be a black scientist podcast out there especially an interview style one and I searched and I searched and I could not find one and that's not to say that there is a one out there but if there is it's gonna take some digging to find it because I have yet to see it, so that's mostly what motivated me to to create this podcast. And its purpose is to share the stories of other black scientists because representation is so, so, so important. You guys know, I can't stress it enough, it's so meaningful. And the reason I entitled this podcast Black in Science is because science is a very broad term and my goal is to bring in uh, black physicists and chemists and biologists and ecologists and evolutionists and you know all these 
black scientists, men and women who were in these different areas so they can come and share their stories and inspire others the way that these young black equestrians inspired me. And that is uh, ultimately my goal. If I could use this podcast to impact someone the way young black equestrians impacted me, then I will have succeeded. That's all I want. And if that means it's one person or a hundred people, either way, I'm happy as can be. So yes. Thank you so much guys for taking the time to listen to my introduction episode. It's been quite the experience. I am dreading going back and listening to my own voice over and over again because I feel like no one likes the way they sound on a recording. But either way, I do not regret my decision at all to start this podcast and I hope that it'll find a way to um, touch people in the best way, in the most positive way. So yes, thank you guys so much for listening and I hope you'll join me in my next episode. Thanks. Bye.